1: Well, good afternoon, thank you for always joining in with me at this time, and, and also for just telling your friends about the show. I really appreciate it, and it seems to be maybe giving some people some encouragement, maybe some direction, and that's really what this is about. And so today, I wanted to talk about something, I'm not sure how you all are feeling, but it feels a little crazy out there and i'm hearing and seeing crazy behaviors and and the ways that people are acting and and i'm thinking to myself what is what's you know so unhinged here what's going on and so i thought about this and i thought you know where did critical thinking skills go so when we think about critical thinking it means that we are taking in as much information as we can we synthesize it down to what it truly means and then we decide whether or not we actually agree with that outcome. And so critical thinking is really important. And I want you to ask yourself, do you, do you practice critical thinking? And, and this is where we ask ourselves, you know, what happened to choice? I mean, we have people that are you know, basically telling us everything that we're supposed to be doing, whether it fits our life or not. And what happened to listening to your gut when you hear something that doesn't sound right, you see something that doesn't look right, and somehow you, you're supposed to just accept it, instead of having some critical thinking that says, this is not a good idea. This is not healthy. This is not fair. This isn't right. So where did our confidence go regarding what we know is right? And why are we still accepting and willing to accept what we know Is wrong and so I want you to think about this when you know something is wrong that does not mean you're being judgmental it's not being mean it's not being nasty or controlling it's wanting to address the disconnect as to how someone is accepting a line of thinking with very poor reasoning do you realize that this is why we protect little children they don't know the difference between right and wrong they don't know what is dangerous They don't know how to say no. They're not confident enough to say stop. So where is your internal parent? Who's taking care of you? I don't know if this is a lack of information, a lack of confidence, a lack of discernment, laziness, or maybe do we just not care? See, little children, teenagers, and pets always live in the moment. Adults are present in the moment and continue to scan the next moment and what might be the best choice while we're moving forward or standing still. So what happened to protecting innocence? We have more information, more understanding, and facts that tell us how the brain works and that the brain does not come fully online as an adult until the age of 24. Where are the scientists? I'm wondering, I don't know, are we just bored? Maybe that's why we have to do the next outrageous thing just to feel something. But where are the adults that are thinking ahead for, for little children, for young, you know, young adults, adolescents, people that are compromised? Where is that happening? So you know, maybe I'm wanting, I don't know, that special feeling, whether maybe people are wanting to this need for excitement, when it's like pushing back against the norm whether it be rebellion or maybe it's just boredom well that that's a very adolescent you know thing to do and we accept it from adolescents and little kiddos because they're trying to find their way they're trying to find how far they can go what the consequence might be and so we don't need to be acting as adolescents see how dare how dare we include the little ones in our need for excitement or danger or pushing against the norm, wanting attention or wanting to feel special or relevant. See, how dare we include innocent children, even animals, the least of us who might need help with making decisions, who need good guidance, who need oversight so that they are allowed to grow up naturally, to actually grow up To be an adult that is able to understand the effects they have on the world around them to be responsible with their words and actions where did those people go it's doing things that cannot be undone and walking away from what you did taking no responsibility and then appears to be someone this is this is someone that appears to be a person with a seared conscience they're they're just wanting the excitement of the moment they're not thinking of the ripple effect. They're not thinking about how it affects the rest of the community that they live in. And see, I want you to think about this Bible verse, which is one of my favorite memory verses because usually God is very nice to me, very kind to me. And sometimes though, he he kind of gets me back in place. And this is when I read Romans 9:20. And it says, "But who are you, O man, To talk back to God shall what is formed say to him who formed it why did you make me like this think about that statement think about this verse how poignant it is for our times when God is saying who are you to talk back to me and say why did you make me like this he's the one that makes people He's the one that makes the world, makes the universe, makes animals. And he's saying, who are you to talk back to me and say, yeah, I don't want to be that. I want to be my own thing. I think I know better than you, God. And this is really powerful. When I realized this, when God said, you know, Cynthia, who do you think you are? You're talking back to me. Have I ever done something to cause you not to be able to believe in me? and you're still pushing limits that are dangerous. Are you bored? What's going on? So I want you to think about this. You don't even have to be religious to know that a lot of this is off. When I was a little girl, I dressed up as all kinds of things, having a great time with all the other children. Children are supposed to have parents they can trust. Now we have parents readily changing their physical body to look like the opposite sex, when they haven't even gone through puberty see this stuff can't be undone this is ridiculous DNA is the hardwiring of a person simply changing their body does not change their DNA you can't change DNA where are all the psychologists and the psychiatrists we are not completely adults until the age of 24 at that age let a person do whatever they want to do with their own body See, God gave us a body for us to live in, and he gave us free will. This free will means that we have the privilege and the right to do whatever we want with our own body, heart, soul, mind, as to how we want to treat it. That is such a privilege. So why do we think we had so many arguments about sending young people, 18 to 19-year-old boys, to fight wars? Only now... We're encouraging our children to war against their own bodies and think that somehow they're pleasing their parents while they're doing it. Now, I'm all for tolerance, and I I teach on tolerance all the time. I work with my clients on tolerance. It's a very, very helpful quality to have. It's one of the qualities of God. Imagine if he weren't tolerant, right? That was what happened when he, you know, flooded the earth and only nine people, (laughs) apparently nine to ten people, actually survived it. And so tolerance is crucial in society, as it helps in creating a peaceful environment where everyone considers others' ideas and opinions. And we need to understand that everyone has their own beliefs and values, which must be respected and embraced. Tolerating leads to a happy, loving, and triumphant society. So if we are tolerating appropriately, then appropriate tolerance allows for differences. It should not be used to harm. How did we get there? I love tolerance. Tolerance gives people time to change, gives people time to recover, gives people time to be able to figure out who they are and what they need to do. Tolerance is a wonderful quality that God has for us, but should not be used to harm people. So when we think about harm, what happened to the adults? What happened to critical thinking skills? Let's determine to be healthy, honest, trustworthy, and kind adults. I'm all for tolerance, but I will not tolerate little children who don't have an adult brain to be able to decide what they're doing with their own body. And now they're left with a body that they might not want when they're an adolescent or an adult. And this is why this is so important that we recognize what we're tolerating. Because tolerance is how we have peace. I tolerate all kinds of things. I'm thankful that God tolerates me. The problem is Tolerance is supposed to lead to enlightenment. Tolerance says, hey, we can tolerate this for a while and see if it's a good idea. See if it's worthy of implementing change. That's what tolerance does. So let's be the one that people can trust, the ones who take responsibility for their own thoughts, their own feelings, their own behaviors, the ones that are able to look out into the future and recognize you know what 20 years from now am i going to be happy with this decision am i going to be proud of that decision so this is cynthia hyatt with conversations with cynthia join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of critical thinking and ask, your, ask yourself who's narrating your life Good afternoon and welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I so appreciate you listening in and reminding your friends and family to check out the show as well. I really appreciate all the feedback that you give, and it helps me to also know what may be relevant for you, for myself, for our friends, our family, as to how we can really be the best version of who we're supposed to be. And so we were talking about in that first segment, this issue of critical thinking and what happened, where did our critical thinking skills go? What did we do here? And so we were were talking about this idea of not really thinking through the idea that we may be so enamored with and, and thinking about what will happen in the future. So maybe this idea is fun right now, maybe it's cool, maybe it's like, wow, really energizing. But if we actually do it, what's the ripple effect into the future? And so we want to ask ourselves, what happened to this? What happened to critical thinking skills? And so part of this is recognizing that, hey, all of us are narrating our own life to one degree or another. And we have talked about this a little bit in the, in the past, and I want to, to kind of revisit it because I want you to think about this, that when God talks to us and says, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. So I am really hard on my clients when I hear them speak badly against themselves, when I hear them cutting themselves down or shaming themselves. And I say, you know, this is not critical thinking. This is just being critical And that doesn't help. So when we think about who's narrating my life, am I letting the media narrate it for me? Am I letting my parents, my friends, my neighbors, magazines, TV shows? Who's telling me what to do? Who am I following? Now, see, there's nothing wrong with being a follower. We all follow something. What we want to make sure is that we are managing whether or not it fits who we are. It's kind of like the person that you know, goes uh, shoe shopping and because they love the shoes so much, they're gonna buy them and wear them but their feet are too big to fit into them and it ruins their feet, right? So we have to have judgment about what are we thinking? What is it going to do to my outlook? How is it going to shape my opinions? How is it going to affect the way I interact with people? See, media, parents, family, friends, coworkers, the past, our society, religion, our peer groups. You know, what what tells me who I am? My regrets, my dreams? How about my parents or the parent the adult part of me? And so how do I interact with love, hate, sabotage, traumatize, beat up? You know, if there's any part of that How do I manage that? How do I interact with the fact that someone loves me but maybe hates something I do or tells me that, hey, you should go for it. I think you'll be good at it and sabotages you on the way. How about if you've been traumatized growing up in one way or another, traumatized by a marriage, traumatized by a pastor, right? Traumatized in so many different ways. It can happen to us. We can feel beat up. And so... We have to say to ourselves, is there a part of me in any of that? Now, hear me when I say, I am not in any way saying that someone that has been victimized is complicit. We should never have anyone be victimized. What we want to think about, though, is how did I get victimized? What was my part in it? And I have some clients that have been victimized that they had no part in it whatsoever. None. None. And there are some clients that I've said, hey, did you not pay attention to what was happening? Did you not take a breath and say, I don't think I should endure this. I don't think this is right. So we all have a part of us that does that, that accepts things we shouldn't, judges things maybe inappropriately, puts too much pressure on ourselves, on others. And so what we want to think about is the way that we help ourselves get back on track is we make sure that we interact with love. So we ask ourselves, can I still love myself if I made a bad decision? Can I still love myself if somebody really screwed me up? If I lost a job, if I did something really outrageous and now I'm paying for it? right? So we want to be supportive, forgiving, encouraging, because this is how humans learn. Unfortunately, we learn from trial and error. I wish that we could just learn intellectually, but mammals, we have to feel it. And so I want you to think about this idea of being kinder to yourself and gentler to yourself. Now, why would that be so important? Well, this is what we, this is what God has done for us. He is the kindness. He is, he is gentle. He is humble and he's accepting. And that's tough for all of us to do. And, and our society now is not really supporting that, but I want you to know that that will improve your health tremendously. So, you can't take care of others and love others if you don't do it first for yourself. See, the more that I care and love me, and that doesn't mean that I'm accepting me doing the wrong things or whatever that is, but the more that I accept and love me, that internal world gives me a lot of energy and strength. See, when I love me, I feel better about me. I have more stamina, I have more energy. And I have more grace to give others. And I am now no longer stressing and worrying as much as I have. I also end up setting a good example for people and I help uncomplicate things. See, when I'm an uncomplicated person, that is such a respite for people. Don't, if you have people in your life that are just not complicated, aren't they easy to be around? Aren't they encouraging to be around? And so this is where I'm wanting you to really think about this idea of critical thinking. Critical thinking is part of judgment. And we have lost our ability to judge appropriately. We judge all the wrong things. We judge how somebody looks. We judge how much money they make. We judge, you know, what they own. We judge how they act, how they walk, how they talk, how they look. But the judgment that I'm talking about is saying, hey, if I practice good judgment, I'm gonna be safer. And I'm going to be a safer person because I'm not going to be pushing limits all the time and creating a lot of unnecessary tension and stress just because I wanna feel something. So critical thinking skills help us to know that while we take this information in and we go, yeah, it sounds like a really good idea. But as we start to kind of pull it apart, we go, you know, it's a good idea, but it's, it's not going to be able to support itself. So we're going to have to either change some of the idea, bring in some supports, or we're going to have to say, it's a great idea. It's not going to work. And we need to be willing and able to do that. We also have to consider when we are thinking about judging and making changes, what the ripple effect is. So this is Cynthia Hyatt, join me in the next segment as we talk more about where did critical thinking skills go Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I want to really encourage you to check out the website. We have lots of things available for you there, and I really enjoy and appreciate your comments and texting me and, you know, asking me more questions or saying, hey, could you speak on this? And, you know, and I also love to speak to any any audience that there is and really share a lot of this with the world. And so thank you so much for supporting that. And I want us to really talk about this idea of critical thinking. And many people don't know actually what critical thinking is. And it's not being, it's not criticizing. Critical thinking, excuse me, is being able to tear something apart, put it back together, and know that it's solid. Critical thinking says, I'm gonna test this. I'm gonna make sure this actually holds true. Critical thinking is able to look into the future and say, yeah, it sounds good in the moment, but what's the after effects? What are some of the consequences that may occur if we go forward with this idea? Have we thought this through? And so this is where we want to think about this idea of what happens with us, whether we're an adult or or, or we're being as a child. And so part of the the need to grow up, and we've talked about this several times, but I do need to revisit it because we're still here. And, And the adult versus the child is very important when we think about critical thinking and when we think about the ability to have judgment. And judgment says, wow, I get too close to the cliff, I could fall over. That would not be healthy. So I need to keep some distance no matter how much I want to stand right on the edge of that cliff, critical thinking says, that's probably not a good idea. So whatever fun you think you're going to have is not going to end up being fun. And I back off the cliff. So when we think about the adult versus the child, what we're really talking about is internal versus external. And we're wanting people to show up as a grown-up, right? If you've ever hung out with truly bonafide grown-ups, it's so fun. It's so simple. It's so easy. And this is why I really like teaching on this, because I did have a hard time growing up, and my dilemma was I either wanted to grow up too fast and do adult things when I was too young, and as an adult, I now have a hard time just having fun. See, on the flip side, I had to address some immaturity as an adult. So attributes of an adult, a teenager, and a child. Well, let's look at that. What's appropriate for each developmental age? See, it's abusive to put a child or a teenager in an adult position. It's highly unattractive, it's burdensome, it's disrespectful to be a child in an adult body though, okay? So this doesn't mean that we don't see childlike parts of ourselves and that we're fun and we have teenage parts of ourselves in our adult relationships, it means that we are able to be the adult when we need to be one. And that maybe we show glimpses of a younger version of ourselves that can be really endearing and and quite fun. However, think about this. It's against the law to have sex with minors. It's also abusive to expect a minor to take on an adult responsibility. Being true to yourself means that you are able and willing to take on adult responsibilities, not revert to childlike parts of yourself. And furthermore, reverting back to a child, teenage part of yourself is not only disrespectful to you, but it is to everyone else around you. See, allowing the childlike part of yourself and the teenage part of yourself can be fun, can be freeing until you shirk adult responsibilities. See, it's truly very fun to act out in the child part of ourselves. But we have to be careful that we don't cross the line and become inappropriate. It can be very fun. It can be very restorative to allow the child and teenage parts of ourselves to have fun. However, it only works if we know that we are having a moment of fun versus refusing to be a grown-up when the world needs us to be a grown-up. So I want you to think about this. If you are a teenager and a child in your own body, that's, how, that's the part of you that you act out of. You need to understand you're a great burden to the adults in your life. You're a great burden if you refuse to show up as a grown-up. And it's disrespectful to other adults when you refuse to be an adult. Furthermore, it's abusive when we burden children With adult responsibilities and expectations. So the benefits to being an adult are quite numerous. It lowers stress, increases respect and admiration from others. It's quite endearing when someone sees the inner child part of you, but isn't having to take care of that inner child. See, it's not endearing to have to contend with an adult child. So thank you for joining me. I want you to listen to the next segment. We're almost done. We have one more. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, thank you for tuning in to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt your host and I so appreciate you listening to the shows and sending them on to your friends and encouraging people to listen to this these podcasts because they really are about helping us make the world a better place. We're never going to have heaven on earth until Christ comes back, but we can create some heaven where we where we go and how we act and how people experience us. And so one of the things that really I'll, I'll tell you is very hellish is if you have an adult person, like physically they're an adult, but they're just a little kid inside. And it's not the cute little kid, right? It's the immature, like irresponsible, ridiculous little kid. And see, we don't want to revert back to childlike parts of ourselves. We don't want to be then that teenager, who is absolutely stirring everything up, poking the tiger, you know, really needing to get just people being affected. And so I want you to think about what you do for the world around you when you are acting out of the childlike part of yourself. It's a burden to all the people around you. If you've ever, you know, if you have children, if you have parented children, you know the burden that comes with those little kiddos the deal is though they're cute right well adult children are not cute and so it's disrespectful to other adults when you refuse to be an adult furthermore it's abusive to children when we burden them with adult responsibilities and expectations because we don't want to be the parent so the benefits of being an adult are very numerous because it really lowers our stress excuse me, it increases respect and admiration from others. It's quite endearing. You know, if you're usually the adult and somehow someone gets a glimpse of that cute little inner child, but it's not endearing to have to contend with an adult child. See, police are often put in a position to be parental. This may be due to the fact that the adult they are contending with wasn't properly or appropriately parented. But This puts stress on the police and the fire department if they are needing to constantly parent our society. Now, exposing a teenager or a child to the adult world too soon is also abusive. It's burdening them to grow up too fast. They have information without the appropriate context. And it contributes to their need for regression, to resist responsibilities, and to want to just play. See, if, if they are initiated too soon into the adult world, they don't want to be in it. So they will want to stay a child. So you don't do your children any favors by growing them up too fast. All you're doing is sending out an adult body that has an inner child who is never allowed to be a kid. And these people, unfortunately, make very poor partners. See, one of the greatest gifts you could give your children and the world is to require that they do age-appropriate things as a way to aspire and look forward to being an adult versus an adult who is always wanting to play, test limits, regress, is unable to regulate their emotions and their impulses. It's wonderful and necessary for children and teens to practice doing adult things. But how would you feel if God asked you to be God for that day, right? If you said, yeah, I just want to have a play day. So I, I need you to take over and be God for me today. How about if you're feeling that your parents refuse to let you do age-appropriate risks and endeavors because they don't want you to grow up? Well, that's how we get immature people that have very low self-esteem and have a tremendous amount of fear as well. See, little, teen, little children and teenagers get their good feelings from the external world from their environment. This is why we need to create safe places for teens and tots and require and include, quote, safe people to interact with them. In contrast, adults take safety and good feelings with them everywhere they go. And they're responsible for creating safe places with safe people in order to foster positive feelings if and when it's possible. If the environment is not responsive, the adult has the freedom to leave or tolerate the situation or the place, if they so choose. But see, children don't have options. Children depend on the environment to help them and support them, as well as others to provide with all the good feelings of safety and support and acceptance and good feelings. (coughs) See, the goal for children is to integrate these experiences and then create for themselves safe places by their own choices, learning to manage their own internal world, living in a way that makes them feel good about themselves, even if others don't always like them. They don't have to, quote, find a safe place to be okay. They are the safe place for themselves. And this is what we are wanting to do with our children. Because then we have helped give them a life they are going to enjoy. They are going to love. They are going to tend to and take care of. So I want you to think about this. It leads us to the issue of tolerance. And tolerance is difficult. And, and here we have in our, in our world right now, especially in our country this tendency to be intolerant to things we should tolerate and tolerate things we should never tolerate. For example, changing a child's gender when they haven't even gone through puberty. See, if they haven't even gone through puberty, they're still in the imaginative place of their of their brain. So they can think it's a great idea to change their sex. I know that when I was a, a little girl, I wanted to be a boy. I wanted to do all the things that boys did. But My parents never got confused about whether or not I was a girl or a boy. So distress leads to this need for tolerance. So distress is impossible to avoid, no matter how charmed your life may be. Emotional pain and distress are inevitable. The ability to learn how to effectively cope with intense emotion and distress, if you don't, it leads to increased suffering. So when we think about this idea, I want you to, to, to really listen to this Bible verse. This is John 14, verse 27. And this is out of the New International Version. And I love this verse. I say this to myself. And it says, this is straight from God. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's a parent. That's a parent talking to a child that's saying, hey, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to come back. It's like we leave our kids at babysitters. And we say, peace I leave with you. My peace I'm giving to you. This is what good parents do. They give their peace to their kids. They say, hey, you're going to be okay. And I'm just a little bit away. I'm just, I'm not very far away. You're going to be okay. I'm really proud of you. You're going to figure this out. And I'm right here if you need me. And this is, and God goes on to say, I do not give to you as the world gives. See, we're not trying to find peace in a world that cannot give us peace. We're finding peace in how we manage ourselves. So that we don't have near the anxiety that we might have because we're doing the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then all the time. And so we're not trying to get the world to give us peace. We're saying, I can create peace with inside of myself by the way I think, the way I take care of myself, the people that I interact with, if I have appropriate expectations on myself. And so that verse goes on to say, so do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. So when we're thinking of strategies to learn to tolerate distress, and this is super important because if we don't learn to tolerate distress, then we're going to use other things to help us tolerate it. This is where we get addictions. This is where we get people that are losing their job because they don't want to leave the house. This is where we get people that are beating themselves up so much they allow more abuse, And so we need to understand how we do effective strategies to tolerate distress. So the first one is, the first really important thing to tolerate distress is radical acceptance, okay? And you've heard me say on this show before, acceptance is the key to all my problems, right? And so acceptance, remember this, this is super important. Acceptance does not always mean agreement, I accept a whole bunch of things I don't agree with. If I can change it, I change it. If I can't change it, I accept it. That doesn't mean I want to teach people how to do it. It doesn't mean that I'm going to not protect my children. It means that I have to accept something because I cannot change it. And so acceptance helps me to tolerate something i cannot change so radical acceptance when we call it that we say that it suggests that we acknowledge that here's the present moment no matter what it is i'm not trying to judge it whether or not it's good or bad what i'm trying to do is recognize that my current situation exists as a result of a very long chain of events that probably started away in the past it doesn't suggest that we approve or agree with bad behavior from others or from ourselves. It simply means we stop trying to resist what is happening by denying it through anger or sadness. We recognize, hey, I tried changing this. It's not changing. So that may mean it's a static issue that I need to work around. I need to overcome. I need to accept so that I can still have peace. One of the best ways to do this, if you are having to accept something you don't want to accept, what I really want you to do is not do self-destructive behaviors. I don't want you to take it out on yourself. See, as strange as it may be, engaging in self-destructive behaviors, it it brings us temporary relief from emotional pain, but it leaves a, a, a legacy we don't want. We don't want our body and our brain to be learning destructive behaviors to get through pain we want to find healthy ways to manage our pain which means learning how to relax and soothe yourself see relaxing is tough it's wonderful when I do it and I practice relaxing but I have a very hard time with it but it's a very healthy emotional function and it's very critical for my mind my body my heart my soul so there are many ways to relax and you need to find a way that works for you to relax and it also helps if you think about relaxing before you try it because then your brain starts to find a way to help you relax so you can do some visualization you can do prayer you can take a hot bath you can go take a walk watch a stupid movie that makes you laugh, whatever you need to do so that you can continue to be the person that God has created you to be and that you keep coming back to center. You keep coming home to you and you don't abandon yourself. You don't reject yourself. You don't judge yourself. None of these things that you say to yourself, this is a hard place I live in and it doesn't seem to be getting easier. But I can use critical thinking to help me make good decisions that helps me tolerate how painful and difficult this may be. So thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for telling your friends about the show. I look forward to talking to you next week. God bless you in this week.